I mean, usually I don't want to do any interviews where I'm not talking about, you know, acting, but because you guys were from England and because of all the stuff that's happening there, I actually really <laughs> wanted to do this because I feel like there's so many issues in England that are happening that we just don't have to deal with here. Chaz, we are going to get to JK Rowling. Don't even worry. <laughs> a Gay and a Non-Gay is a podcast from James Barr and Dan Hudson. They're like a lovely little couple, except they're not. I'm really excited today. Today is a really big day on the podcast. It's uh, it's kind of amazing. We've got someone very famous on the show. Yes. Um, they're famous for many reasons, but the one I'm excited about is that they are the son of someone iconic. And I'm really excited about it. You know, James, that's quite disrespectful because it's not really the dumb thing to refer to somebody as someone's son Sorry, or someone's... okay, what's your mum's name? Mum. <laughs> You're such an idiot. Look, today we're joined on the show by writer, actor, transgender activist, Chaz Bono. Um, it's the first time we've had a trans man on the show, so we're really, really excited. I know, unbelievable, and I'm so excited that it's Chaz. You'll have seen him in American Horror Story. He's been in Curb Your Enthusiasm, playing Joey Funkhauser, a trans character. He's been on Dancing with the Stars in the US, and recently you'll have seen him in the incredible movie Disclosure, Trans Lives on Screen on Netflix. And also, like, his parents are famous, but I hoped that James would sort of... I hope that James wouldn't necessarily mention that in the interview, but you'll see how that goes. And if you like this episode, be sure to share it. Wahey! Why have you said that? Oh. <laughs> Welcome to a gay... ...and a non-gay... Please welcome Chaz Bono to a gay and a non-gay. Hey, how's it going? I remember when I came out as gay to my mum, I found that very difficult. And, and so did she because suddenly, and she said this to me, she said, like, it's like my son has died and I have a new one and I'm sort of adjusting to that. And I know that your mum has also opened up about this a bit too. What was that moment like for you and your family when you came out as trans? Different people in my family reacted really differently, honestly. You know, it seemed like the younger people in my family, my, my brother and sister, they were totally cool, understood, and were really accepting. My mom, you know, seemed to get it, and then when it actually was happening, had a really hard time. So it took time, but everybody ended up coming around. And I think that's really important to know, isn't it, as a person, like coming out on an issue like this, or even as a an LGB person, um, we have to allow our parents and other people around us to sort of get used to it as well which is horrible you kind of want everyone to just be okay but we have to know like the storyline has changed i look back on it as a growth experience and a part of becoming a man in the sense of becoming a grown-up which is that you know this was the first thing i ever did for myself knowing the people that i cared about were going to be upset but knowing that i had to take care of myself and my needs first and so it ended up being, in a strange way, a positive experience for me because I just was like, okay, I have to deal with this. I have to walk through this. And, you know, hopefully uh, these people are going to come around. But if they don't, this is what I still need to do. We know that transitioning is, is a huge, huge thing from speaking to lots of friends of ours. And I remember listening to the amazing Fox Fisher in the UK speaking about his transition and how he suddenly felt 
all of this previously unattainable male privilege arrive into his life. And I wonder, have you ever experienced that as well? You know, I never really have felt that way, but I think part of it is because I, you know, I transition as a known person. I've always been known as a trans person. That's very different type of privilege than a cisgender person. And, and I mean, yeah, walking down the street, no people who don't know me have no idea that I'm trans. But in the greater world, I never got to have that anonymity of just, you know, walking around and people experiencing me just as, as a cisgender man. That's what he... He noticed he was like, as a woman, he felt very vulnerable or when he was identifying as a woman. And after the transition, suddenly he, he felt like, wow, this is a completely different world. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a, there are certainly differences, but I don't know that I ever felt like this big power difference as far as the white male privilege part of it. I, I feel, you know, I feel a lot safer. I feel it's strange when you're when you're walking down the street and you, or you have an instance where you accidentally scare a woman, that's a really weird thing. And those just happen where, you know, it's late and you're walking down the street and there's a woman in front of you and she like kind of checks back and starts walking faster or whatever, or, you know, those things are weird. But mostly for me, it was just, I just felt really good that I was being treated the way that felt right finally to me because I, it always I was always so just awkward in every kind of setting so what I felt mostly was just comfortable in the world very very comfortable I can't even imagine really yeah you have to I mean it's a hard thing and and that's kind of always when I do a talk or something you have to try to just imagine it that's the only way somebody can really for a second understand what it would feel like to be trans is to imagine like waking up in the morning in the body of the opposite gender but feeling exactly the way you do and how that would affect your life just going through your day the way people treated you and looked at you and interacted with you and how you know you looked at yourself and getting dressed and in the mirror and just all of those things feeling exactly the way you do but in the opposite gender's body how awful that would be. Let's talk about the state of transgender rights in the UK. I know you mentioned it earlier and Dan and I really want to get into it because I felt a lot of it and JK Rowling to start with. What's your take on that? For me personally, it's been really difficult because I happen to be a Harry Potter fanatic, I would say. I've got a tattoo on my leg of three of the houses. So yeah. So it was kind of like when the person who writes, you know, your favorite series of books about oppressed people decides to start oppressing you. It's very strange. It doesn't make any sense. It's, it's like hard to wrap your head around. So on a personal note, it's just sucked. But politically, it's dangerous because I don't think people realize that she's just regurgitating the same things that people have been saying about us and that's been debunked for like 30 years it's just wrapped up in a new package with you know a zillion twitter followers how much of an issue is it in america in terms of not the same issue here i mean we have different issues you know our our opponents come in a very you know for the most part in, in a package that we understand much more which is the religious right and that's where it's always been 
for LGBT people. So we know and understand our opponent, but it's, you know, and I'm still trying to wrap my brain around this idea of white privileged feminists in the UK thinking that somehow transgender women are a threat to their, I don't know, their rights, their existence, what, whatever insanity they think. I mean, this is also uncomfortable. At London 2018, uh, the route was stopped by this bunch of transphobic lesbians, basically. And they were suggesting that trans men were erasing lesbians. And I, I find that quite hard to get my head around. It took me a while to really debunk that and understand it. But you've sort of gone through that journey yourself, the, the one that they're specifically afraid of. So I was wondering if you could explain why they're suggestion is so wrong i should have never been counted as a lesbian um you know i'm not a lesbian i never fit in i tried for 40 years well i tried for 30 years i figured it out and then it took me about 10 years to get the courage to actually be who i am but people don't seem to understand that even if you come to it later in life or figure it out transgender people are transgender people we weren't i was never a lesbian nor was i ever a woman i was always transgender i just took time to figure it out and now we see people figuring it out much earlier because they're able to see it there are people out there who they can look at and be like oh okay that's me but when i was growing up that didn't exist there was nobody to look to there was absolutely no you know, there were a couple references of transgender women that were kind of before my time. And then there were absolutely no transgender men. So there's nothing for me to identify with. Though as a kid, you know, I was very clear that I felt like a boy and wished I was a boy and, you know, often went to bed at night praying that I would wake up as a boy. There was no not clarity. What I didn't know was the word transgender and that I could do anything about it. We're back with more from the incredible Chaz Bono. First, Dan and I want to tell you all about our pronoun collection. Yeah, James and I have designed some fun, inclusive, fully customizable pronoun apparel, and it's raising money for mermaids in the UK. Whether you're they, them, or she, her, or he, him, head to gayandungay.shop to get your fully customizable pronoun tee today. Gayandungay.shop. Do you remember your first moment where you thought, I wish I was a boy, or even said it out loud? You know, as soon as I have memory of being like my own person, you know, not a blob, being a person, I was that. I mean, I was a, I was a boy. I was a little boy. There's, there's no doubt in it. There's nothing. My family will tell you that, you know, there was a point where I was, when I was little, I was, you know, much more feminine and that at a certain point, around five or something, I changed. But I didn't change. I was what they put on me. And then as soon as I was old enough to start to form myself and express myself, I was a boy. That's how I was my whole childhood previous to puberty. And then, you know, going through puberty was horrifying. And I was trying to figure out who I was, what I was. And because I, again, you know, had no frame of reference, for trans, I thought I must be gay because I was attracted to women. So that had to be the thing that fit. But of course it wasn't. And I was very 
bad at being a lesbian, which every <laughs> lesbian girlfriend pretty much pointed out to me. <laughs> In what way? I Because I wasn't feminine enough. I was too masculine. I was too much of a man because I was one. So like forgetting to send birthday cards. <laughs> no, but I mean, I just, I mean, I was like I am now a heterosexual masculine, fairly, you know, binary male and was just with that in a female body. Of course, a lesbian isn't going to want that. They want a woman. It yeah. doesn't matter what the package was. They could feel what was in my soul and it didn't feel right. So there was always this kind of rub of, can't you be more, can't you, you know, let's try to dress you a little different. Let's try to, maybe wow. if you put on a little makeup, maybe if you, you know, and it didn't really matter because it was all about what was inside. I mean, it's really simple when you sit down and you think about it. And, and I think that's so, that's what's so upsetting. That, that protest at Pride, it was so complicated to, for me to get my head around. Like, why would you protest trans men or, or people that have decided to become who they really are inside? So it yeah. took me ages to get that. And then when you explain, well, I've always been a man. I was never a lesbian. I just thought I just made a mistake there. Right. That makes total sense. So why are there people that are afraid of trans men i don't know i mean people are afraid of change for for whatever reason look i have a friend who's a trans guy who was so vehemently against trans men before transitioning that after transitioning his sister who is a lesbian won't speak to him he did such a good job of denying that trans men exist that now he's lost his relationship with his sister who he brought onto that thinking I imagine that's similar to inverted, like homophobia, where yeah, when you're gay, you kind of hate who you are and therefore you are homophobic to other gay people. I think that sounds very similar to stuff that I've experienced. Um, what do we do then? What are we going to do about J.K. Rowling? And also you probably followed the Gender Recognition Act and what Liz Truss has suggested. All of this nonsense about bathrooms and female spaces. What can we do? Yeah, you just got to keep trying to fight it and have people tell their story. So, so hopefully people will understand what the reality is. They're trying to address a problem that doesn't exist. This idea of you know, female spaces, they're, they're looking at transgender women like they're men. They're looking at transgender men like they're women. We're not. I'm a man. Transgender women are women. Look at them that way. Listen to our stories. Get to know us. Anybody who's around me for two seconds will know that I'm a man. There is nothing <laughs> female about me. <laughs> two unlikely friends take on the world Chaz before you go can we just talk about a couple of projects that you've been uh, involved in recently um, firstly Disclosure on Netflix which really shows you Hollywood's depiction of transgender people through the ages and, and the impact that that's had I guess on the public perception of transgender people it's such a brilliant film you've got to watch it if you haven't seen it we both learned so much from it and I, I mean I learned a lot also from it things that at the time they came out I thought were amazing looking back at it you realize no that's actually really problematic you know, like the crying game, you know, at the time I thought, wow, this is cutting edge and beautiful. And I had no idea I was trans at that time. You know, now I look back at it and realize 
you know, really how troubling that film is and, and what it led to, the, the direct link between that film and that, you know, scene where he, you know, sees his genitals and goes and vomits to Ace Ventura and you really see how things affect each other. We've got to talk about Curb. Um, Curb the Enthusiasm, it's probably my favourite show of all time. Uh, you're in the most recent episode uh, playing Joey Funkhauser, who's also a trans man. That bathroom scene where you drop your towel is, is just hysterical. Here's a clip. Whoa! <sighs> Joey! Very. Yikes! I mean, I support your transitioning, but you gave yourself quite a large penis there. Yeah, I wanted to, you know, follow in the Funkhauser tradition of penises. Can you handle something like that? That's a, that's enormous. It is, yeah. But, I mean, it seems like a lot to, to lug around. No, it, it isn't, actually. What? You've tried it out on some dames? I've had no complaints about no it. No complaints? No complaints. Okay, all right. Enjoy your big penis. <laughs> yeah, I am. How many takes did you do? Was that the first take? So they shoot things a little bit differently on Curb than other shows um, because it's all uh, improvisation. They set it up with as many cameras as possible at the same time so that you don't then stop, reset, and do it again from, from another angle, which is what you generally do uh, when you're filming stuff. You do stuff a few times, the first few you know, you're figuring it out. And it takes a few to kind of get it to where it's really funny and good. And But it's it's quick, which is nice. But you didn't really, like, get naked when you pulled that dressing gown open. <laughs> that scene of the undressing and, and turning around, yeah, we did. We took a few times just because it was a little technical. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely uh, putting it. <laughs> yeah. They had wanted to get me a stunt bottom for some reason. And I was like, let's just, let's just not show that. Let's just, you know, just use my body and just, you know, stay away from there. And so that's what we, you know, we ended up doing. And so, yeah, I just, you know, I had on, on a pair of boxers and you know, I stripped down everything else. Am I allowed to ask one share question and then I'm done? <laughs> you can, I might not answer it, but you can ask it. <laughs> well, I guess I just want to know, like, is she as boss lady in real life as a mom as she is on Twitter when she's like calling out the haters? No, <laughs> she's not. <laughs> that would be really obnoxious. No. Yeah, I mean, we're at that point now where I'm 51, you know, she's in her 70s. I, of course, she still looks at me like her kid, but there's also now that kind of leaning on me thing a little bit too. So we're at that phase when, you know, things start to level out a little bit. It's amazing to chat to you. Super cool. Amazing. Um, thank you so much, Chaz. Thank you, guys. Uh, thanks for listening, babes. Do the admin and support gay and non-gay. Visit gaynongay.com slash donate. It's amazing hearing Chaz talk about some of the extremism happening against trans women and men in the UK and this week I got into a bit of a turf war on Twitter and I don't want to talk about that here because I think that would just undermine everything that's just happened. This started after I tweeted some support for our friend Juno and if you've not listened to Juno Dawson's incredible interview on our podcast please check out the link. It's in our episode description right now. Juno describes so eloquently her journey and transition and if you've never heard anyone speak about what trans even is then this is definitely your starting point 
And if you're listening to this and you're facing questions about yourself or you're wondering how you can support a friend, there's loads of information and support about trans issues on the UK's trans youth charity, Mermaids website. Go to mermaids.org.uk. And don't forget our pronoun collection is out now. Head to gainongay.shop and buy a fully customizable pronoun t-shirt with 10% of all sales going to Mermaids. And thanks for listening this week. We'll be back as ever next Wednesday. See you then.